to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Scores! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for the 42nd episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company. The great people at Beast from the Northeast pride themselves on using the highest quality apparel to showcase their one-of-a-kind designs that you won't find anywhere else. For a special listener discount, go to beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com and enter promo code BLACKANDGOLD for 15% off future orders. Now time to start the show by introducing the Beast from the Far East, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Good. Did you like that intro? Oh, yeah. That was badass. That was a good one. Yeah. That was definitely it took me one. all week to think about that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't pick a player for today, though. We didn't. Yeah. But so. it is... I, I'm, I'm trying to stray away from player because the last time we did it, it was the Jordan Quran, and that ruined my life. So yeah. we're just going to do well, numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. We, we could start ruining the... <laughs> careers of some players right so, I, I don't yeah. want to don't want to start ruining david back his career because so far uh, so good with a small sample size so um yeah we got some uh, good... speaking speaking of jordan Curran quickly go for it does anyone actually know where that guy's playing now i have no idea i thought it was ahl but because... i'm not sure what team I know he went to the. I think he went to the Avalanche at one point. Yes, he but did. I think he also went to St. Louis, if I'm correct. Yes, so that is. Uh, yeah, that first round pick traveling the NHL. Yeah, that's, gotta love it. It's a weird one. Yep. Oh well. <laughs> but uh, well, let's forget about Jordan. <laughs> uh, um, some recent news from the show um we've added another way to listen and i'm really excited about this one because i've been working on it for a long time but we are finally on stitcher and stitcher radio is uh, i believe the second largest platform for podcasts and music so i'm pumped for that um obviously we're on itunes google play and soundcloud so Adding another platform like this is, is just going to increase our listeners and uh, get the word out there to a wider audience. So I'm really psyched about that. Yeah, definitely. And so um, real quick before I forget, I got to give a shout out to um, Ben Richard 
and his Riverview Mighty Ducks in New Brunswick, Canada. After a 6-4 and four regular season, uh, the Ducks are in the playoffs, and I believe they're playing this weekend. So uh, good luck to Ben, good luck to the Riverview Ducks, and uh, hopefully for um, uh, a youth championship, um, you know, coming to town. So best of luck to those guys. I always like to give a good shout-out to the, to the hopefully um, – the young people that are going to be coming through the system and hopefully we'll be talking about those kids in about, you know, 15 years. So hopefully, uh, but awesome. All right. Well, last week, right. Jump right into it. Last week was another interesting roller coaster and we seem to be going through these a lot. Um, but we got to start off, uh, in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Not a good game. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed at all with the with the showing. I, almost like they didn't even show up. Yeah, it just flat from start to finish, really. Yeah, there was just no heart, no passion, and, and uh, it's surprising because the Bruins normally play really good against teams that are above them in the standings so that was a real shock to me yeah and we usually play good against the penguins as well right so absolutely that was definitely a strange one yeah i just uh i mean david Krejci was the only one that got the goal yeah um just real real flat and unimpressive yeah there's just there's, there's no passion or frustration during a game like that the the players just seem to put their heads down and kind of wishing it would be finished. And it should never be like that. Even if you had 10 goals down, you should fight to the end. So that was just a really poor game and just showed kind of the the passion in some of the players. Yep. And uh, that was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that Bolesky's first game? Yeah, first game back. Yeah, and um, thought he, you know, tough to find his footing after being out for so long. But uh, I thought it was the wrong time for him to go and start a scuffle with only a couple minutes left in the third period. You know, that if yeah. you want to bring your energy level up, it should have been done way before that. Yeah, but at the same time... It, it got like, to a point of aggravation. Yeah, and I think that's what it was with him. He's he's been out for so long, and he's seen us lose games that we should have dominated. And uh, I think it just boiled over for him. So, because I mean, he's that type of player where he's all about the team and he's all about the W at the end of the game. So, I. Players like him, players like Bacchus, I have no problem with their, like, with their drive and motivation for the game. It's some of the younger players that you should expect to see the drive and passion out of, but you don't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I also did you see that um, gif that I posted on Facebook? Uh, no, on Twitter, the Milan Lucic snapping his stick over the goalpost. I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, uh, I basically put up like this is the type of passion you want to see out. Oh of no, I did see that. Player. I did see that. Yeah, you, like you don't want to see guys 
has just like as soon as he lose skate off and go straight down the tunnel like like it's just another day heads down like he, <clears throat> yeah you just want to see like even see Tukarask throw a milk crate again <laughs> like <laughs> something's gonna happen right yeah, well, definitely, yeah. definitely some passion in a tough game like that. Some frustration would show the fans that you know they they still believe in that they're they don't no, they believe in what they're doing. But it's one of those seasons yeah. again. You know, I mean, it's like the third season in a row that it's just like it, it's the roller coaster, and there's no consistency, and that really hurts this franchise. So, oh yeah. But you know, after that terrible game in Pittsburgh. My next thing was was to play in two games last week at home, and the first one was against yeah. Detroit, which another up and down. But the best thing about that is they 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 came to play. I believe they really showed that they really wanted to be there, and um and, yeah. and fight for that and W. That first line more than anyone as well. Yeah, which, which is good to see because they needed to get backfiring, and it was like someone had restarted the engine with that line. Yeah, they really started going again, and and Martian's celebration after some of the goals were just showed. Like it looked like he'd scored in a Stanley Cup game. Right. So that's yeah. the kind of passion you want to see. And uh, Marshan with the. Um... Shorthanded goal, yeah, and um, a regular goal was uh, a, a huge spark. But the the best part about that was uh, that game was uh, finally, I believe, after eighteen games, you know, um, David Packer, uh, David Pasternak finally buried one, and and, and the did, mo- and an important one too. Yeah, did you see how he got that goal as well? He did exactly what I was saying that he used to do. And he kind of like he got in behind his man out of the guy's vision and then like looked like he was skating towards the net and just stopped. Yeah. Yeah, laid and back. Cromwell just yeah, Cromwell just kept going towards the net. Yep. And passed the net with one timer. That was a really nice goal as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a great shot. And it was good to see good to see him, like I said, get back into the you know, the goal scoring after so long, but uh, after the after the after the goal was scored, it was great to see his uh, emotions really come out. Like, you know, yeah, almost, finally, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um, like I like how like all Bruins fans have been screaming for this pure scoring forward kind of like a Vetchkin can take the one timers on the power play, yeah. and Pasternak is definitely becoming that player this year. Absolutely. I, th- I think he's definitely finding his sweet spot in or around the hash marks, and he's just going to town. I, w- I really wonder how many of his goals have been one-timers from that area this season, because it's it's been a few. That's an, that'll be interesting to um to look back and see. I'd love to see like a. I might look to see if I can find a scoring chart of where he scored from on the ice. Yeah. Because it, it definitely seems to be he's scoring more on the left side than he is on the right. And he plays on the right, so he's definitely like a roaming forward. So it's good. And uh, to round off the week before the All Star break, uh, another game at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which um, 
certainly after Sunday's terrifying loss, you had to think that it wasn't going to be an easy task. But the the Bruins came out and, and, and I thought played really well, even though it was a 4-3 to three score. It was kind of back and forth, but uh, I believe they held the uh, momentum for a, a long part of that game, really shut down the Penguins' um, top line. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the best things about that game was the Colin Miller fight. Yeah. With Wilson. Yes. Because there was some heat in that fight. And like and like like what was what was said on uh, on Nesson, that fight seemed to be uh, something brewing. I and Jack Edwards, I believe, said something from the AHL. That yeah, they he said had... you've got to believe that's got something to do with the AHL, right? So, because they, I mean, all of a sudden the the whistle was blown, and I believe uh, they were changing lines. And then Wilson comes. No, because it was it was on the opposite side of the ice. It was near the penalty box. Right, but weren't they? That wasn't. They weren't changing lines at all. No, the the play was more towards the the player uh, the benches, and I think Colin Miller actually skated out of the zone towards Wilson by the penalty boxes. Oh, okay. Because I I, so. I I thought I saw Wilson come off the bench, and then go right towards um, Miller, but. Oh, I'm not not 100% because I, I wasn't really paying right. 100% attention on the players at that time. But right. from what it looked like from the videos, it looks like Miller's kind of initiated contact oh. and kind of gone in. So, But, I mean, did you see how he walked off and how he walked down the tunnel? Yeah, he was pumped. <laughs> yeah, he just he beat him up and straight away just off the ice. It didn't even. I don't think he even gave fist bump to any of the players on the bench. Just walked straight past them, <laughs> straight down the tunnel. Right. But that's what you want. You want a guy like that to do that. Walk off pissed off, and everyone else becomes pumped and ready to go. Exactly. So that's what Lucic used to do. It go straight to the box, wouldn't talk to anyone. Right. Just pummel some guy and get off, and everyone's pumped. So it's good to see. Sure. It's not like not one of them fights like Bacchus had early on in the year where it was kind of a bit of handbags and grabbing each other. That was a definitely a good scrap. So that was uh, all of last week. Yeah. And um, obviously it's the all-star break. So uh, next week's games um, are... Tampa Bay on Tuesday at Tampa Bay uh, should be a good game. And at Washington on Wednesday, that should be another good game. Hopefully they, the bees come, come prepared because uh, Washington's been playing somewhat decent lately. And, yeah, and TJ Oshie usually yeah. finds a way to kill us. Through our yeah, through our demon, like it's nothing. And uh, finish the week off on Saturday with a home game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, which is the one that's scaring me more than any of the others. Yeah, that Maple like, Leafs. I, I think it's just the speed, the speed of that team. Like yeah. guys like Mitch Marner, and oh, it's just 
every time we we play against teams like that or the Oilers or these teams that have actually rebuilt pretty well they're uh, or like in the middle of a rebuild anyway but they got a lot of young kids on the team they just seem to destroy us yeah and uh but again it's it's playing down to the competition like i said we'll probably do well against like um the top teams this season it's the bottom teams that we won't do well against and i've been saying if we do make it to the playoffs we'll probably do better than people think because we seem to do better against those teams right so yeah just just those kids those first year players this year uh have absolutely surprised me um yeah. you know I, I read a stat somewhere and i believe i said this a couple of weeks ago that uh it's it's matthews minor and another player I'm, I'm not sure of but those three players right there have like 120 points yeah you know, it's like that, and and they lead the league in rookie scoring by like a yeah. huge margin. It's isn't it, Marner? Um, it's Marner Matthews, and what's the guy who plays on the wing? Um, Is it Sashnikov? You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Oh, it might be. I'm not, I thought it, it was the uh, Nylander. That's it. He's he's a first year guy too. So I mean, yeah. those are all points that are added into that stats. So, but yeah, but, I mean, uh, that team is just crazy. Scary is gonna be like I, I remember people last year saying, "Oh, the like the Maple Leaves are never gonna get better. Like it, it's gonna be ten years." But now you look at it and you're like, "Oh, well." Maybe not. Right. Well, the addition Does of it... the addition of Mike Babcock is a huge, yeah. huge asset oh, yeah. to that franchise. But it's the same thing with like uh, the Oilers. It just seemed like they needed a good general manager who wasn't going to like just keep searching for first round picks. Right. And then that's come along, and they're they're now sort of dominating games. Uh, they look like a really scary team, and then you got Toronto doing the same thing, where they've got that many kids on the team. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be doing as well as they are doing. But you know, just to, to get away from our bias of the Boston Bruins, because we love this team. You know, yeah. as a fan of the NHL in general, I, I'm thrilled to see teams like Edmonton and and um, and, the, and the Maple Leafs. You know, starting to play well, starting to get up in the standings. They're not bottom yeah. feeders anymore. You know, so but it, it it's the best part of the to me it's the best part of the league is how this sport is built around drafting and salary cap and all these things. It always means that there's going to be a few dominant teams for five, maybe ten years, and then those teams are going to be bottom feeder teams because they're going to have cap problems with players that are older. They're going to lose out on guys who retire and not have anyone there because they've spent the cap on a guy who's just about to retire mm-hmm. it, it's the best to me this is this is the best sport in the world for this reason alone like you can't you see them fans that they'll be like now they're a Pittsburgh Penguin fan but like five years down the line they're going to be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan right but at the same time you have those fans that like the Bruins fans who've 
who've gone through really bad times where we haven't been playing well. And then you've got Toronto fans who have been fans for the past 10 years while they've sucked, but they're going to be good now. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing around this league. It makes it so good. I've grown up with, um, well, what you call soccer. And it's just a money-driven sport where whoever has the most money wins. Right. Yeah, there's a lot and of parity in the league. Yeah, and it, it's boring to watch because you know it's going to be one of the same, like, four teams every single year well you don't see that with the nhl it's always changing so that's what i like about it well that's uh that's the uh rest of the week's action in a nutshell so um some news uh on friday um Zane McIntyre was sent down to the AHL Providence Bruins. And, and everyone panicked. And everybody panicked. Um, <laughs> and Anton Hudobin was brought up. And, yeah, what a what a shitstorm that was. Um, yep. It just, you know, before dropping the A-bomb on any, on any idea that the Bruins have, t- take the time to, like, think about it. I mean, the AHL Providence Bruins are playing games. It makes sense yeah. to get these guys in, you know, if they're, you know, whether it's waiver priority or, or entry level contract. If there's if there's a game that they can play, it's smart to keep them playing, and especially yeah. Zane McIntyre, which I'm not, not at this point. I am really not a fan of him being up in the AHL right now because he's not playing. You know, and, yeah. and, 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 and forget his 0-3 and whatever record and his awful goals against and save percentage. You know, if he's up there, play him. There's, there's, if you're not going to play the goaltender, if you're going to call him up and not play him, bring, yeah, have Hudobin there. bring Hudobin back up. Because, yeah. you, you know, it, it, obviously they don't have any faith in, in, the, in the goaltending and the backup position at all. So, yeah. you know, keep the kid playing. At least he's going to... Most of the time in the AHL, they play three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And yep. and most of the times, you know, it's uh, it's a McIntyre Friday, Subban Saturday, McIntyre Sunday. You, you yep. know, you got to keep them moving. And I know he's an RFA at the end of the year, and you want to see what he can do before. Uh, you want to critique him, you know, before you um, make a contract negotiation for him to, to possibly be the backup. But Yeah. I, the only the only reason I can see them keeping him in the NHL is for practicing again uh, practicing against NHL talent. Right. So playing against guys like Marshan Bergeron during practice will help him. But at the same time, that's a small sample size of what he needs to do to become an NHL backup. Agreed. He needs to play games in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is. The, I mean, to me, this is how the Bruins operate, and it and and it and it's purely on stupidity, and that's just my opinion. Yeah. But you know, you you can't. You honestly cannot base your evaluation on something that you haven't seen. Now, to me, honestly, I wouldn't sign McIntyre to an extension. From what yeah. I've from what I've seen so far, and and like desperation moves. You need to put him in there because Tuca's basically sucked that day, and then he comes in and doesn't do any better. That to me, that doesn't show me that he's worthy of a re-sign. I'd re-sign him to an AHL contract. 
because happily. He, right, because he has negotiation rights. Yeah. And you can but, keep him around. But at the same time, I wouldn't give him a one-way deal with like a million dollars because he's not shown that he's worth that. Right. And and, and this Sorry, and he's not gonna he's not gonna show that he's worth that if you just sitting him on the bench and being a door opener. Right. And when I go back to the stupidity, it's like, you know, the scenario that they did with Anton Hudobin, they gave him a two year deal, one point two million per. Yeah. And what did he honestly, what did he do in the AHL for the Anaheim Ducks? I, on, yeah. nothing. I didn't see anything spectacular. But, you know, yeah. I, I just I, – my point is I just don't want to see this organization go, Zane's the next guy. we got to get him locked down. I honestly haven't seen anything that, you know, warrants a huge, like – honestly, I like what you're saying. Sign him to an yeah. AHL deal. Make it a two-way because, you know, he can go. Yeah. Up and down. But – I think this is a critical time right now, right before the trade deadline, which is next month, pretty much a month away. Yeah. Do you address the goaltending issues now? I mean, the Bruins right now are, after 52 games played, they're 25, 21, and 6. They got 56 points. Toronto is 55 points out of the picture right now. So... Technically, you're in a playoff position right now, okay? Yeah. Now, would it be smart to, like, make a deal now to get somebody with NHL experience and mm-hmm. and and to see and to give that, you know, win, lose, or whatever, to give Rask that rest? Because if you're gonna make the playoffs, you need you're gonna need him fresh. He cannot play the rest of the all the, the all the games that are left. Yeah. So here's my thing. The Bruins do have cap space. I know I touched on this a couple weeks ago, but do you reach out to the Islanders and 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 say, what are you doing with uh, Halak? Hmm. I see. I I I have a totally different way of thinking. Go for but I'll it. I'll let you finish. Well, well, my my. All right, all right. I'll, I'll finish up real yeah. quick. Yeah. My thing is, my thing is, is he's got NHL experience. Okay. Yeah. And Hudobin, I mean, um, McIntyre really doesn't. He's got a couple games inside, but just you know, it doesn't show that he's really comfortable in there. But even though that the Islanders are still paying an NHL salary to. Halak, I think they might even retain some salary. So it just won't, to get rid of him. Just to get rid of him. Yeah. So I I don't know. I kind of think Rask and Halak would be a good tandem coming down the stretch, and then and then revisit that over the summer and see if there's anything that you can do for the future. Because right now, I don't see Subban doing anything. He's an RFA at the end of the season. Yeah. McIntyre, same thing. And Vladar is real far away. Yeah. But and I don't see it with uh, with Hudobin either. So to me, something's got to go. And I th- I think at this particular time before the the trade deadline, this is a critical one for the Bruins. So, but that's just me. What do you got, bud? I'm gonna go all armchair GM on this. All right. And I have two possible trade candidates. 
and good reasons for both of them to be traded. I can't wait so to hear it. We'll go with the one that's probably less likely to happen, but could happen, and that's go and get um, Hutchinson from uh, Winnipeg because I know they've looked to move him in the past because they've now got is it Vasilevsky? No. Playing for them? No, not Vasilevsky. Connor Hellebuck um, and um, Hellebuck and Andre then you've Pavlik. got Pavlik. Yep. Yeah. So he's the third goalie there. Probably playing in the AHL right now. Um, no. Oh no, he'll be he'll actually he's, be he's third goalie. Yeah. So he's just sitting there doing nothing. Exactly. Um, I'd go and trade for him. I'd give them Subban straight up. And I'd say, look, he might not be working out for us, but it's a possibility that it could be just a guy who needs a different team. Right. Better like some guys just need a change of scenery and they could become a great player. Mm-hmm. So I'd do that because it's win-win for them. They get rid of a guy that they're not using, free up a bit of cap space because I know he's on a one... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's on a one-way deal yep. on a backup contract for like a million. Um so yeah, I'd send that. Even if you if you had to and they wanted to, give them Jimmy Hayes as a fourth line guy if they need him. Yeah. Like, use, use they might not leverage. take his cap. Yeah, they might not take his cap because of his point production. But at the same time, if they're looking for a depth guy, we've got one that we're not using. So there's that. The same exact deal could be done to Colorado to get Calvin Pickard their backup goaltender who played amazing against the Bruins. Interesting. And I know, I think he's 24, 23, 24, something like that. So he's still young. He's got NHL experience. There's a chance that he could play for the next two, three, four years as backup in Boston. Let Dan Vladar get ready. Mm -hmm. If he makes it to the NHL. I mean, the, the both... The both teams wanting to get rid of players. Colorado, you probably have to give a draft pick to as a rebuilding. Um, but at the same time, you get rid of Subban before he walks, because he will. Um, and then you gain a a young goaltender on both sides. So, I, I think I think that's one of the best ways to go about it. I was thinking about this because they this is the time where they really do need to get a guy who can play for the next few years and not just a rental guy. Right. I, I, Plus, I... if you give up Jimmy Hayes, like I said, as a fourth-line depth guy, that leaves you with your one free um, buyout clause to use on Hudobin. Right. So, and, another, and another team, no matter where he goes, can also buy him out for a very cheap 816000 so... Oh yeah. Plus, you're getting a guy like Subban, who is well was one of the top goaltending prospects in the NHL at the time, have right. been drafted, and like I said, could just need a change of scenery, different goaltending coach maybe. Now, who knows? From from my experiences around Malcolm Subban and uh, Bob Asenza, the Bruins goaltending coach. Yeah. You know, they, they do work well together, but I, I, I've heard behind closed doors that um, 
Subban is a very uh, all about himself kind of player and doesn't take direction very well. So, yeah. um, I, I, if there's a chance to move him, and you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. And he's good. Wow. Uh, uh, just uh, some breaking news. Um, Carrie Price is uh, wearing Bruins black and gold uh, for the All-Star game. So that's it was very interesting to see. But <laughs> back to the talk. Um yeah, I, I just I, I believe Subban will will do much better in a different system. Um, whether the shot to the neck affected his game, that remains to be seen. But I just don't think that he really likes it here at all. Yeah. So me too. I think he'd probably do well in somewhere like a Los Angeles team. Right. But at the same time, who knows? He might do better somewhere like Winnipeg closer because he's a canadian kid so yep might do better being back home so who knows all right well in other news uh over the week um the detroit game on tuesday yeah that was um an interesting one like we said uh in the uh in the recaps for last week but um, I, I want to touch on what Brad Marchand did and is, um, and, and in my opinion, a very selfish act. Um, yeah. He's, he's been known to do this. He's been, uh, he's been fined before. And actually, uh, our f- friend of the show, Court Lalonde, um, a new uh, writer for the Black and Gold Hockey blog, uh, wrote a very good article about it um, explaining you know, why he got suspended in previous and how much money and so on. And, um, you know, he got a $10,000 fine and it was, uh, pretty much a slap on the wrist, but it could have been a lot worse and it could have been a lot yeah. worse for, um, the player that was involved also. Yeah. And it was, it was Nicholas Cromwell, yeah. like a guy who's not known for being dirty or like it, you usually see Brad Marchand go after other pests, like guys he can rile up and get annoyed. But Cromwell's not one of those guys. Well, from what I, from a lot of people that I talked to and I, and and watching the video, um, Cromwell gave kind of a what a lot of people said it was a cheap shot to Patrice Bergeron, and that could have been a, his way of retaliating. Hmm. But at the same time, that. <laughs> That's not the best way of retaliating. I know, like, I know. Like, head not headhunt him, but I mean, go after him on the ice, like during play. Don't, don't do it after a whistle or, like that's, to me that's just, that's something we always complain about with other pests around the league, like Brendan Gallagher, like, like other guys for different teams that we all hate, and then. We've got a guy on our team that's doing it as well. Yeah, and it was completely avoidable. Yeah, it was just—it was just stupid. Yeah. That was—I I know. As soon as I saw it happen, I was like, I, I honestly thought he was going to get like three games. Yeah. And miss, and miss the uh, All Star game. Right. Did you see the? Um, someone had tweeted, 
if he'd have done that, it'd have been the first brewing ever to miss both the All Star game and the uh, Winter Classic. Yeah, yeah, that's like, crazy. He's got to smart. Yeah. He's got to smarten up because he's a great player. He's got. He's very... especially if if he wants a big contract as well. Well, he's yeah. got that. Well, yeah, but if he wants to keep it, right? Like you're gonna. You're only going to shoot yourself in the foot if you start doing this stuff. Bruins players have been driven out of town for less. Mm-hmm. So I think if it keeps going and the suspensions keep piling up, you'd, we already got rid of one guy down to the AHL who was doing that kind of shit. We don't need it again. Right. Yeah, this will be the last year of him too. Zach Ronaldo, hopefully he'll be... Do you think it'll be the last year though? I don't. Or will will that guy get an AHL deal? I don't believe he will. I, they, <laughs> they, you know, when you talk about the Providence Bruins and and their future plans, you got to start cycling in these these guys that are coming up from the Canadian juniors. Plus, you got Gabriel coming in. Yeah, Gabriel Senishin. He's going to be the biggest pest ever right. on that team. If he doesn't make the NHL, he's going to be the biggest pest ever for the AHL team. Right, and plus. Um, like a player like Ryan Fitzgerald from the NCAA uh, Boston College Eagles, he's yeah. in his senior year, so he's going to be uh, entry level, um, ready for Providence. So, you know, we're definitely going to see a different team down there uh, next season, in my honest opinion. Are so you going to call it now that that some people are going to start panicking about college contracts at right. the end of the season? Oh. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yep. We talked about that last week, but it just continues yep. to go on, and it's you know, please don't worry, don't worry until it actually happens. You're just yep. gonna drive yourself crazy. It'll be all good, but I mean, if anyone listening lives near the Providence Arena and hasn't got a season ticket, I'd get one next season. Like yeah. I would love to go and watch that team next season. Right. They're gonna be they're gonna have some like great like junior talent on that team. That's what you should do, Rob. Is you know, after you after your trip this year, yeah. sa- save up for a trip to Boston. Oh, I will do. And Don't then worry. and then we'll 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 hit a Providence Bruins game, which is cheap money. It's like thirty dollars you can sit right at the glass. Yeah, but and then we can go to a uh, an NHL Bruins game where you pay four hundred dollars and sit next to the glass. Yeah, so save your shillings. Or we could just go to like five AHL games instead. <laughs> Even better, and, <laughs> and and not go and watch the Bruins lose at home. <laughs> right, that's true. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, what else was I going to talk about before I get to the whole prospect thing? Do you have anything else? Um, no, I, I was going to say something about Providence, but that kind of ties into your prospect talk and it it was just about the shootout last night, basically. Oh, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. Three goal scorers all in a row. Right. When was the last time you saw that on a Bruins team? Long time. And the usual guys as well. Well, no, it was, who was it? Peter Kleherick, um... Wasn't it Tommy Cross was one of the scorers? I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, that was a that was another good win. 
plus I've I've found a way to watch AHL games, so I'm pretty happy. Really? Yeah. Where'd you I find... can watch I can watch AHL games on my um Cody Fire Sticks. Nice. Thing. So and ECHL games. Nice. So uh, I'll definitely be watching a lot more. Good. That's awesome. So we might as well jump right into the whole prospect talk, huh? Yep. The uh, American Hockey League, Boston, I mean Boston Bruins, yeah, the American Hockey League, Providence Bruins, um, had four games last week, and they unfortunately went one and three, uh, starting off last Sunday with a game at the Dunkin' Donut Center against the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, Providence loses five to two. Um, that was an unfortunate loss. And then on the, I think it was Wednesday night, Wednesday night at the Webster Bank Arena against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, Bridgeport. This was an exciting game, actually, um, because it came right down to uh, an overtime. And it, it, Bridgeport won one nothing. So that was a tough loss. Uh, actually, um, Yaroslav Halak uh, got the start in that game. Uh, he's 6-1-2. and two. That is crazy that he's playing down there. I know. <laughs> I know. And then Friday night, the Baby Bees were back at the dunk to play the Hershey Bears. And Providence walks away with a 3-2 to two victory in the shootout. And, yes, it was Klaharik, Grant, and Swartz. That was it, Grant, not Tommy yeah. Cross. And he's, he's, that Alex Grant is really, really turning into being a really steady offensive defenseman down there for Providence. And um, what an addition for those guys. I really think he'll be a long-time player for Providence as well. Sure. I think he'll be one of those guys that they re-sign as a veteran presence. I think you'll start to see the phasing out of guys like Tommy Cross. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I I just think he's been fantastic this season as Grant. Yes, he has. He's got, uh, I believe, seven seven goals, and which which leads yeah. the team for defensemen. Yeah, and he, it's not just his goal scoring. He's got a good, like, he, he sees the offensive zone very, really well for a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, big guy, big guy, and he can throw yeah. some hits. Um, good, but good player. I know a few people have said to me, "Is there anyone like any defenseman down there that you could see playing on the Bruins right now?" And I still don't think there is. No. Even with a guy like Grant, I don't think he'd do what he's doing now in the NHL. And not even Matt Grizzly. I mean, I like I like Grizz and everything, but he's he's not ready. Not, not no, far. but uh, like he could look totally different next season. So uh, he's a young guy, like he's got time to turn it around. For sure. Yeah. And to uh, round off the week last night, the uh, Baby Bees lost to the Hartford Wolfpack the second time in a week uh, by the score of four to three. And um, Alex Grant uh, gets uh, his eighth goal. And uh, Wayne Simpson is uh, another player that was picked up on an AHL contract. Him and Jordan Swartz are uh, both 
AHL one year deals and and but they've been surprisingly good. So yeah, and guys that could stay and phase older guys out, guys right. like Ronaldo, guys we don't need anymore. Right. So, but they have been surprising players, like Bartowski as well, who's on an AHL deal. Yep. I'm surprised that he came back on an AHL deal. Well, I, I, I think it was desperation because nobody else picked him up. Yeah. Plus, I, I'm get, I'm guessing he's got like a lot of friends on that team still. Oh sure. So yeah. So with, with a a one in three week last week for the baby bees, uh, after 45 games played, they are 25, 12, five and three with 58 points. They are third in the Atlantic Division, third in the Eastern Conference. And uh, honorable mentions have to go to, uh, not many, um, but Peter Kulharik in four games last week. The AHL rookie had a goal and four assists. Uh, season totals after 39 games played, 18 goals, 15 assists, 33 points. Um, Anton Kudobin, it's not an honorable mention, but Anton Kudobin lost both games he appeared in last week bringing his season record to 6-3-1 with a 2.86 GAA and a .892 save percentage. Ouch. Right. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, in the... Do you know, just quickly, do you know where Kleherick sits on the uh, rookie scoring list? He is tied for first. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, because he must be up there with that them point total. He's tied on the team with thirty three points. Yeah. So. So, that is it's looking good though. Yeah. He's um. It's good good to see like a Bruins guy get that award. Right. Because it doesn't happen too often. I, well, I mean, you had um, who got it last year? Vetrano. Yep. But, I mean, that was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A little bit about Kolharik. He's a he's a he's a big winger. He plays both sides, the left and the right, um, which is uh, to me a, a, a real asset because um, you know you can the versatility of a player like that is just huge. Um, and and he, believe it or not, by having him play on both sides, I believe could really spark a lot of interest in the Bruins because with the NHL Bruins, just for the fact is that the right side is so thin. Yeah. So he might even be a better option next year and then give, like, a player like Seneshin a full year in the AHL. Yeah, but at the same time, I could see him... If you swapped him out with a guy like Riley Nash... Yep. Like, send Riley Nash back in, bring in Kleherick... Play him on the fourth line, and then he can fill in for anyone up the roster. Like if if a guy on the right wing goes down injured, you can move Kleherik up to the right wing. If a guy on the left wing goes out injured, you can move him up to the left wing and get him to play there. Plus, he's a big guy, so he doesn't really need to be that point getter. Right. He can be he can be an energy player, or he can, he's a he's a really good two way player as well. He is. He uses his body very well. He's good along the half wall. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. 
You know, he gets to the net, crashes the net real hard. You know, I mean, to me, that's what I call a prototypical uh, power forward. Yeah, and you know. he's young as well. Yeah, which is even better. Yep. So, I, I'm I'm excited for him. I think he'll do well, but I don't think he's. I still don't think he's up there with like as one of the top prospects for the Bruins. No, no. I think he's more of a sleeper guy. He could just pop up out of nowhere in the next few years and be really good, or he could be. I, I still think he'll make the fourth line easily, mm-hmm. like over the next few years. But yeah, I think he'll be a Bruin for a long time. Definitely a depth player. Yeah. So jump into the. Uh, there was no news from the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators, um, or any pertaining to um, Anton Vladar. So I don't have any updates. He's still two, two and one. Uh, he's still got a really bad goals against. Still a really bad save percentage. So, um, a couple people have reached out to me and asked me if that is a normal thing, and I've expressed that yes, this these are growing pains for him. Um, yeah. Uh, he's the Atlantic Gladiators. I, I I really don't like to say this, but they're not a very well-organized team. They got rid of a, a, a few of their top players, and and they got rid of one of the better defensemen in the league, uh, uh, Blake Kessel, which is Phil Kessel's brother. Yeah. And he's, I believe, is the highest-scoring defenseman in the league right now. So, I mean, they made a lot of, you know... Bad choices. Yeah, bad choices. <laughs> so don't look at his record and his numbers and think that it's not going to work out. The Bruins failed and this and that. It's way too early. The kid's going to be 20 in March or something like that. So yeah. just, you know, let's, let's settle down. But be, if you want to look into his AHL numbers, his AHL numbers are impressive for a kid that just was a fill-in. You know, yeah. I, I believe he's still unbeaten or he might have one loss. He doesn't have great goals against or a high save percentage, but that I saw things that you know, a, a very good, good attributes from him. Um, he sees the puck well. He's got, you know, he cuts, he sees the lane and uses his body so well into, you know, his positioning to where he's supposed to be. Uh, he's an aggressive goaltender, but they can play back in the net when the play comes to him. So, um, yeah. you know, it's all good positive things. There's no reason to freak out because he's not doing well in the East Coast Hockey League. Because the surrounding cast around him isn't really that good, so. Yeah, but that that roster could, like, gain some Bruins property next season. Yeah. Because of all the players that are coming to Providence next year. Yep. Like, there's a chance that a few of the rookies might make the way down there, make it a bit more of an efficient team. Who knows? But I I know I think they made a lot of moves when they became part of the Bruins organization thinking they were going to gain some more players. It seemed that way anyway. Right. But the only players they really received was Dan Vladar and Ginn. Uh, so... Yeah, Matt, Matt Ginn. And recently uh, they've called um, AJ White, who was a player for the UMass Lowell. Yeah. So um, what was I going to say? I, I still believe that uh, the um, affiliation contract with the Atlantic Gladiators in the East Coast Hockey League and the Boston Bruins um, is going to be done after this season. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing good things about 
the team moving to Worcester, Massachusetts, which is be absolutely huge to have a triangle of um, organizations within 50 miles of each other. So, yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I'm I I'm I'm hearing. I I don't want to tell the names of sources because I don't. If anything happens, I don't want them to get in trouble. But yeah. from from my understanding is. The Bruins are preparing themselves to stockpile prospects. So if you're playing really good in the East Coast Hockey League, you're going to get a chance to get called up to the AHL with a little more aggressive. Because right now, the Atlantic Gladiators team is only carrying one solid prospect in, in Dan Vladar. Yeah. So they, they would really benefit greatly if they could get a few more players at least half of the team be Bruins property so yeah definitely we'll see what happens and, and making it closer to home also like they, they can do deals then kind of like like didn't they used to do deals with the uh, Dunkin Donuts where you got that and a basketball game like the tickets I, I remember them putting something on Facebook where yeah. You paid a certain amount and you got tickets for two different sports yep. for the, basically the same price. They can do that with their affiliate then. Yeah, it's all and promotional say, Look, stuff. You, yeah, you get an AHL game, you get an ECHL game for the same yep. price. So it's always good for the Bruins. And if, if, if uh, any long-time listeners remember, we had this conversation before, but the, the owner of the um, Worcester Railers East Coast Hockey League team is a, is a season ticket holder for the Bruins. And he's got he's got ties to the Bruins team, so it, it, it's all pointing in the direction of it. It's going to happen. We're just yeah. waiting for the final word that it, it indeed happens. So I'm excited, and and if it happens, I mean that's a it's a an easy ride for me because I mean for the commuter rail, I travel to North Station and then catch the the Worcester line. But if there's if there's prospects around, I'm going to go see him. So. Oh, you're going to be such a busy guy. Oh, yeah. I love it, though. I really do. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to take a break? Or are you good? I'm good, buddy. All right. I'm definitely good. All right. Jumping in the Canadian Juniors, we'll start with the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Zach Senishin of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds had one assist in two games last week, bringing his season total to 28 goals, 13 assists, 41 points in 39 games played. Um, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jeremy Lawson from the Ruin Noranda Huskies had a goal in, in two games last week, bringing his season total to three goals, 11 assists, 14 points in 20 games. Uh, Jakob Sporl, St. George Sea Dogs, had one assist last week and two games played. His season numbers are now at six goals, 17 assists, 23 points, and 29 games played. Uh, WHL, Jesse Gabriel, Prince George Cougars, in three games played last week. The 2015 fourth-round pick had a goal and one assist, all in last night's 11-3 pounding of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Holy. I actually watched that game last night, and it was uh, it was crazy. Was that one of the those games that you kind of they pull the starting goaltender, then pull the backup goaltender and put the starting and then, and then goaltender switch back again. in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I didn't really notice that because I was watching the 
the skills competition, but on the other screen, yeah. I was uh, paying attention to uh, what Gabriel was doing. But that is crazy. Yeah. Um, Gabriel's season uh, in 41 games played, he has 23 goals, 19 assists, 42 points. And this week, we got a lot of news from the NCAA uh, as I'm trying to get more involved with those guys. Um, Boston University's Jakob Forsbaka Carlson in three games last week, the sophomore forward went pointless, snapping an impressive seven-game point streak. Uh, his season total is 10 goals, 14 assists, 24 points in 26 games. Charlie McAvoy, defenseman for the Boston University Terriers, in three games last week, the sophomore defenseman had an assist, bringing his season total to three goals, 12 assists, 15 points in 25 games. Um, one that we don't talk about much it was uh, Ryan Fitzgerald yeah. uh, from Boston College. In two games last week, the senior forward had a goal and an assist to bring his season total to six goals, 14 points in 20. I'm sorry, 16. Six goals, 14 points, assists, and 20 points. Wow. Numbers are hard. <laughs> Struggling there. Yeah, yeah, in 22 games played. Quick tip, take another sip of beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're working again. Continue. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm going to do that. All right, thanks, buddy. Restart the brain. Exactly. <laughs> it's the malted hops and it gets you going. Um, continuing the NCAA, Anders Bjork, University of Notre Dame, had a goal and two assists last week and is currently on a two-game point streak. His season total is 16 goals, 22 assists, 38 points in 26 games. He continues to be hot. And believe it or not, from what I'm reading from a lot of college hockey writers, they will be considering him a Hobie Baker Award candidate. Holy. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, don't freak out. Jimmy, oh yeah, people are gonna freak Jimmy, out. Jimmy VC got a Hobie Baker, and look yeah. what he did. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to spark any energy there. But hold on, I, I'm pretty sure that I've seen plenty of Bruins fans saying they don't want no European forwards coming to our. T well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, if if people start panicking about these things, it's it's just gonna start getting stupid. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I think this will happen for the next two years, maybe, and then everyone will wonder why everyone got so panicked. Like this happens once every like five years. Right. So I'm pretty sure we'll be okay. Uh, another one we don't really talk about much is Ryan Lingren, the defenseman from the University of Minnesota. In two games last week, the freshman defenseman had an assist, bringing his season total to one goal, four assists, five points, and 21 games played. And another one that I dug up some information on is Cameron Hughes of the University of Wisconsin. In two games last week, the junior forward had a goal and two assists. He's now in a season-high six-game point streak and has five goals, 15 assists, 20 points, and 22 games played. So it's good to see him working his way up. Yeah. And uh, 2016 first-round draft pick, University of Wisconsin forward Trent Frederick. Um, You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Played in two games last week, earning an assist 
Oh. In both games, he had like all right. The freshman forward has seven goals, twelve assists, nineteen points. And in sixteen games played, and he's currently on a six game point streak. Right, thank God that's done. Did you, did you get to that point where there was just so many numbers for so long that they just started looking all the same? <laughs> I, you know, it's, it, I just take so many notes. This, um, my preparation is uh, is uh, basically a Saturday night and all Sunday morning. Yeah. So most of the time when I'm taking notes, you, you know when you were in school, right? Your, your, notes, yeah. your notes started off really good and you can read them. <laughs> and then when you get to the when end. When you get to the just... end, it's like doctor, chicken scratch, you know? You oh, can't yeah. really see it. So, I mean, that's about how I am sometimes but I always like the way I do mine is I'll I'll start out during the week writing them down perfectly fine and like checking them and making sure they're all right and then by the end of the week I just start writing them on little bits of paper all around the house nice so I'll just like I'll, I'll write it on some paper somewhere and then I'll chuck it on my table and then when I get to the end of the week I'm like right I'm gonna get all this together and kind of have a look at it but, That's yeah. funny. Well, we got to mention something. Uh, the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast sponsor, Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company, recently did a promotional giveaway of a sweet David Backus t-shirt in honor of our 42nd episode. All you had to do was give a retweet to be entered, and the winner of the t-shirt giveaway was Chris B., and his Twitter handle is at B-O-V-I underscore Chris. So congratulations, Chris. You won a sweet David Backus t-shirt on the 42nd episode of the of our podcast. Congratulations, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool that the uh, they reached out to me last week with an idea. And I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And they, I believe he said he got around 200 retweets. And, that is awesome. And I and and I got a huge amount of followers just from doing that, so it worked out really well both ways. Yeah, I retweeted it as well, but I didn't win. Right. So <laughs> maybe next time. I think I think we're out of it because we we are technically. Oh, I've got to make another Twitter handle now. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a way. God damn it. Yeah, but no, it, it's uh, very good to have um, those guys with us. Um, definitely see an increase in in uh listeners and and twitter action so yeah we're super pumped to have them along yeah and the great guys to talk to as well yeah oh absolutely they uh definitely know their hockey um and and other sports around boston so um yeah i know they were on a podcast the other day for um celtics yep and uh i know one of them one of the guys loves these celtics yep um I used to be a massive basketball fan when I was younger, but I can't keep up with that anymore. Not with how much hockey I watch. So, but um, yeah, they are great guys. If you ever have a question, just send them a message on Twitter. I'm sure they'll reply. I know I asked about um, like the cost of shipping. Yeah. And and they just said like really quick response. Messaged me back in about two minutes. Told me to tell them what what I wanted how many t-shirts I wanted and where it'd be going to. And they said, as soon as I send them that information, they'll happily give me a quote. Mm -hmm. So anyone out there, if you have a question, just don't be scared to ask them. They're really nice guys. Yeah. And, uh, um, and as, as if you were been listening to the whole program, um, 
they offer our listeners uh, a 15% discount. If you go to their promo code and type in black and gold, uh, you get um, 15% off your next order. So that's awesome, too. And uh, you can find their website at uh, beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com. So uh, I think that's – I'm out of notes. Yeah, I think we're going to have a shorter, more regular – yeah. podcast this week screw this all-star crap oh yeah i'm sick of it already yeah <laughs> it's just like I, I i saw a tweet like earlier on in the week saying that this was going to be the most family like orientated kind of um hockey event and then i've seen a lot of people complaining about it not being family orientated and snoop dog being there or something right I don't know. I, I've not even watched it yet. I've yeah. watched a couple of highlights on Facebook, and that's been about it. It's not my kind of thing. Yeah, I I kind of lost touch with the All Star Game when everybody started doing their, their their different things, like when Patrick Kane came out with a Superman cape, and yeah. Alex Ovechkin with a hat and sunglasses, and you know, I just kind of lost. It, it's more. I don't know. Unreal. I think it's to get more to, fans yeah, into no, the sport. I agree yeah. with that. But as a, as a person yeah. that's watched hockey for over 30 years, I just kind of like, you know, it's 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 unrealistic to me. So I'm not going to pay attention to it. But but it's like, just imagine how many people know the name Pronger now after he's just pushed uh, Justin Bieber into the boards. Oh, man. Did you see that still frame of his face? <laughs> yeah. But did you see the actual hit? Like, I saw the vi- I saw the video. Yeah. And the way he skated towards Pronga, I was like, oh, he's going to kill him. <laughs> like, he's, it, he's going to have a flashback to his playing days, and he's just going to nail him. And then all of a sudden, he kind of, like, just picked him up and bear-hugged him. I was like, no. <laughs> He's the only guy on the ice with a cage on. Right. I, if I was Pronger, I'd have happily took took any punishment and <laughs> just killing him, just absolutely laying him out. I, I I'm not a fan of the of the Beeb, but uh, uh, I, I I I guess he's a good hockey player. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just uh, like you could see it in Pronger's face, like his shoulder dipped. Yeah. And he was ready. He was just ready to lay him out, and then no, right? But oh, that would have been so good. Do you think? It, do you think if that did happen, his record company would sue Chris Bronger? How can you? You got the <laughs> the guy's playing hockey. He's not playing handball. I mean, he's gonna like. I I reckon he's probably got in trouble for what he did. <laughs> oh boy! But at the same time, that has to have gained so much like media attention for oh. the NHL. Oh, absolutely. So that that's probably good for like the cap and everything. So well, I'm hoping. Right. We need that to go up a bit. Yeah, but, I do. Yeah. It's it's all good. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. Do you reckon there'll be a trade by the end of this week? By the time we do the next podcast? Oh, I mean I don't. I don't want them to make a trade just for trade's sakes. I want them to, you know, do it for the right reasons. So yeah. if if it does happen, it happens. There's a lot of there's a lot of 
um, scenarios out there. There's a lot of people that say that Krejci could be on the move, but if you look at uh, CapFriendly.com, his he's still got a no movement for the rest of this season and all of next, and then yep. it goes to a limited uh, trade partner. Um, yeah, he's going nowhere. Right. I so. mean, the only people that are going to be eligible for trading are going to be prospects. Uh, Prospects, the uh, Spooner, Hayes, uh, you know. The, the, I, I was saying as well, though, if you drop out of a playoff picture, a guy like Moore, like Dominic Moore, might pick you up some good, like, value. Right. Especially if if you're training it to a team. Like, if you say you trade it to a team like Pittsburgh, um, you could ask for a prospect instead of a pick. Mm-hmm. And if if they want a guy like Dominic Moore who is putting up numbers, then sure, you might get a prospect back that can play next season or at least play in the, uh, the AHL and give the AHL some scoring help. Right. So who knows? But like you said, there shouldn't be a trade unless it's necessary. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just hoping there's a, I'm hoping there's a backup brought in that can play some games yeah me too and we'll, we'll definitely obviously get a little more um in depth with um trade scenarios when we get closer to the trade deadline i know there's been yeah. some listeners that are really excited about us talking about trades and i'd like to get a yeah. little closer um, yeah well it's a month away today right, isn't it so right. so we've like, still got four more podcasts right so uh, you know possibly three more weeks and then we'll jump right into stuff like that and um yeah We'll definitely start talking about um, expansion draft scenarios. Uh, yeah. You know, we should really look into doing a protection list. Uh, who do you think should be protected and exposed? Yeah. So, I mean, we we'll got definitely a, do that. We got a lot of good things coming up towards the end of the season, and and hopefully um, keep you guys all involved uh, over the off season to keep your Bruins interest uh, peaked. So. Just a quick question: Is the expansion draft before or after the um, the draft? It's before. Like the that's a good like. That's good because then you can, if you lose someone that's valuable, you can kind of go after someone in the draft for that right. position. And like I've been telling a bunch of people too, it's like this is actually a really good thing because you know, that players are still under contract, and you're not anywhere near that July first date. When yeah. they're basically going to be free agents, and and it's tough to like, uh, you know, negotiate with. So you're going to be, there's going to be a lot more involvement before anything happens to these players. Yeah, um, I was also going to say I saw some news on Twitter today that some of the Bruins higher ups had been to watch one of the BU games, I think. Yes. They've gone to watch JFK and McAvoy, at least, yep. play a game. So yep. it's good to see them getting out there instead of just sitting at home during the All-Star break. Well, they're, they're, out, they're out working, out scouting, so yep. which is huge. All and right. it'll be good to see some more college kids come through for oh, the draft, I think. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually really uh, curious to see how the uh, Bruins are going to do this year because they didn't pick anybody from the Canadian Juniors last year. Yeah. They picked uh, NCAA kids and uh, European kids. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if if, it, if, it, if they don't do it again this year, 
if they stay away from the Canadian juniors, um, that means to me that they're going to be more ready to stockpile for a potential Worcester team. And, um, and those players yeah, because will be no more restrictions. There's no restrictions from the age of 20 yeah. to 19. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, 20 to 20, 18 to 20. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. That's all speculation at this point. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's getting ever closer and the deadline's getting closer. And I, I think it's going to, this is a, to me, this is the most enjoyable part of the season because it's the nail biting part where you're either in the playoffs or you're not. So, um, yeah, I think the next few weeks are going to be really fun for the Bruins. Well, either really fun or really bad. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think I think we're done today. Yeah, I just want that's everything. I just want to mention one more thing. If you uh, if any of the diehard listeners would like to make a donation to our show every week, please go to www.patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast to donate as little as a dollar per episode we'd uh, certainly appreciate any uh, of our awesome listeners um, what they could do for us so I that's www.patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast all right I you can find me mark at black and gold 277 you can find Rob at Rob40Bruins. And we also have a new Twitter account for the podcast only. And that is Black N Gold Pod. So it's Black, the letter N, Gold, P O D. And you can also follow our awesome sponsor at Beast from the N E. I'm sure they'd appreciate any follows that they can get as well. Yeah, definitely. All right. Great show, Rob, as usual. As always, you're the best. You too, Woody. It's been a good one. See you next week, and I'll definitely talk to you about an agenda over the week. So we'll be in touch. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and now on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Please go and uh, give us a follow and a comment and a rating. We definitely appreciate it. Take care. for tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material